0: Well hey church, so great to be with you again, every campus, everywhere, it's so awesome. Shout out to Boxburg, shout out to Santon, if you're watching me online, it's a good day to be in God's presence. And before we jump into the message today, I have a quick question for you at home, I have a quick question for you guys sitting here tonight, right? This is the question, if you know the answer, post it in the chat, what is... The vision of our church this year. If you know the answer, post it in the chat. What's the vision? Who can tell me? What's the vision for the church this year? Hang us. God is a good place to start. Hey, all right. So if you guys know it at home, apparently here at church, we don't know what it is. That's why I'm asking it. If you post it in the chat, if you got it right, here's the vision for our church this year. In Him we Trust. Come on. If you post it in the chat, yeah, it's awesome. Come on. This is the vision for our church this year. And this vision is not a passive idea. Come on, it's not passive. It's not something that we do just say, you know, you know, like my situation is not good, but you know, I'm trusting in God. No, that's not what our vision is. Our vision is despite the circumstances, despite what's coming our way, in Him we trust. Even when my finances don't look right, even when my relationships don't look right, even when whatever's going in my life doesn't look right, in Him we trust. And so if you're watching at home or you're here, I want you to just turn to someone now and tell them, in Him we trust. In Him we trust. And we've just got just over a month left of 2021. And I'm asking you the question, how has your 2021 been? What is God doing in your life? Trust me, it's not too late for God to turn your circumstance around. It's not too late for God to do something powerful in your life. I want to stir you up today. Today is no ordinary day. Today is the day of the Lord. Come on. That is our God. And so I want you to imagine a picture with me. Everyone here, just imagine this scene with me. Imagine Jesus He's standing in the synagogue. There's people all around him. They're hanging on his every word. He's preaching something. I'm asking you the question, what is Jesus preaching? What's he saying? What's coming out of Jesus' mouth? You don't need to tell me. Just think in your mind. For some of you, maybe he's talking about healing, talking about how to be healed, or talking about freedom, Maybe he's talking a parable, saying things that nobody is understanding or no one is getting about a vineyard and a rock and a thing that we don't understand. I'll tell you what he's most likely talking about. The thing that Jesus is most likely talking about, the thing that he spoke about more than anything else, the kingdom of God. Jesus' ministry was all about the kingdom of God. You would find him over and over all through the Gospels saying, Repent and turn to the good news, for the kingdom is at hand. He spoke many parables about how the kingdom of God is like. In fact, if you look at the book of Matthew, you'll find that if you just wrote the book of Matthew out, it's about 30 pages. And Jesus mentions the kingdom of God more than 60 times. So two times on every page, Jesus talks about the kingdom. I think it's pretty important. I think it's something that we need to talk about more, something we need to understand. And I think if I have to ask you, all of us can say we have a general understanding or thought of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. This is God's realm. It's healing. It's deliverance. It's things that... God does in our life, but we don't always tangibly understand what the kingdom is, and it's so cool that we've been doing it over the last few weeks, establishing the kingdom of God with Pastor Michelle and and talking about the kingdom of God with Pastor Lindsay last week, and I feel on my heart to also jump in to understanding the kingdom in a deeper way. We've been chewing this topic with our home cell, which is awesome, on a Wednesday night, we get to chew it, we get to discuss it, we get to dig it out, and today we're talking about it here. Today my message is called, The Kingdom is Upside Down. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today that you are here to speak a word. You're here to open up our minds, open up our understandings, open up our eyes to the kingdom of heaven. I pray that you'll open our hearts right now, you'll open our minds, and that Father you'll speak only your word today. Let only your voice be heard. And we give you all the space to move in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So to understand the kingdom of God, we first need to talk about the kingdom of this world. To understand the kingdom of God, we've got to understand what is the kingdom of the earth. What is the kingdom in this world? And so track this with me. In the beginning, there was chaos. Genesis talks about the void. It talks about the earth being without form and void. And that word, if you track it in the, in the original um, scripts and writing, it means a swirling mess of just chaos. There's nothing. It just, there's no form. There's no function. There's just chaos. And so God creates this amazing, beautiful universe and world, an ordered world out of the chaos, and then God creates a garden inside of that beautiful world, and he places two people in it, Adam and Eve, and he gives to humanity the right to have dominion and rulership over this beautiful, ordered world that he has created, and then we know how the story continues. These human beings, in their broken human way, Give over their rulership and dominion through sin and brokenness to the enemy. They give it to one who would turn the world. Back into chaos. One who wants chaos to reign, to take this beautiful ordered world that God has created and turn it back into chaos. And in that moment, when Adam and Eve sinned and they disobeyed God and sin came into the world, the enemy took control of this world and established his own false kingdom rooted in chaos and brokenness. And ever since then, Humanity has been stuck repeating the cycle of chaos, repeating the cycle of brokenness, self centeredness, self serving, injustice, wickedness, destructiveness, violence, hatred, sin, darkness, over and over again, taking what God ordered and made beautiful. And ripping it apart into chaos. The kingdom of this world is rooted in that brokenness. And it manifests in ways that we don't always swiftly see. But if we look around our world, we see over and over again the brokenness of humanity. The injustice of humanity. This is the kingdom of this world. It's centered on self. It's about getting yours. It's about doing whatever it takes to survive. It's about doing whatever it takes to destroy whatever you need to so that you and your family can thrive no matter what happens to other people. It's all about ourselves. And in the Jewish tradition, a man is prophesied to come. One who will right the injustices of his day. One who will tear down the kingdom of this world and establish a new kingdom. He is called Messiah. He is the Savior. And the people of Israel waited for him to come. And when Jesus was born, Israel was a broken nation. Think about it for a second. Israel was a broken nation. They were a people without a king. They were a people who were occupied by the Roman Empire They had corrupt religious leaders. They had injustice all over the place. And in that moment, they were crying out for God to send the Messiah. This is the Israel that Jesus is born into. And so the Israelites were looking for a kingdom to come in, to stand up to break the rulership and the occupation of the Roman Empire, to destroy the corrupt religious leaders, and to reestablish the kingdom of Israel. But how many of you know that Jesus didn't just come to establish the kingdom of Israel? He came to establish the kingdom of heaven. He spoke about it every time he spoke to people. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. And so Jesus came. The Messiah came, and because he didn't look like what people expected him to look like, because he didn't do what people expected him to do, they rejected him. And they said, you are not Messiah. You can't be Messiah because you're not here tearing down the Roman occupation. You're not here setting us all free and getting us all abundance and reestablishing our kingdom. They came in a way he ne- that they never expected. Everyone thought he would look like an earthly king, establish an earthly kingdom. But what they found was a humble Messiah preaching the good news of the kingdom of heaven, that it had arrived and that it was here. Why? If he didn't preach what, he, what they thought he would preach, if he didn't do what they thought he should do, what did he preach? What did he do? What did he show as an example of the kingdom? He preached about an upside-down kingdom. You see, in this world, the king's at the top, and everyone underneath him has to obey his rulership and everyone underneath him has to provide for the king. The king enriches himself through, the pl- through plundering his own people. He builds his empires on the backs of those that he enslaves. He goes to other countries and destroys them through violence and takes their wealth and brings it to himself and enriches himself and builds his empire. Do you think it's any different today? Do you think it's any different now? We still have the same kings doing the same thing. They just look different. They're called CEOs. They're called politicians. They're called whoever you you want to call them? They're people right at the top, using whoever's at the bottom to enrich themselves. This cycle of chaos and brokenness just keeps on repeating. The kingdom of this world, you see, in the world's kingdom, the king sits at the top, but in God's kingdom, the king comes to serve. Yo. Can we just take a minute to think about that? How different Jesus was. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Jesus didn't come to be enriched. He came to be impoverished so that you and I might have riches. He came so that he might be punished, so that we can have freedom. He came and he took sin and brokenness on himself so that you and I can stand righteous and redeemed before our creator, before God. His kingdom is upside down. And if we want to live in that kingdom if we want the blessings and the favor and the grace that comes in God's kingdom, we have to operate under the authority of that king, not under the authority of the kings of this world. See, every time that we get out for our own, every time that we use someone else to try and better our own position, every time that we value ourself above another human being, we operate under the kingdom of this world. And every time we choose to be selfless, every time we choose to lift someone else up, every time we choose to be like Christ, we operate in the upside-down kingdom of God. Earthly kings lived to serve themselves. But Jesus, as the king of all kings, lived to serve others. His kingdom was upside-down. He said this famous uh, line, And you'll find it in Matthew chapter 20. It's a parable that Jesus speaks. Many times Jesus spoke these words, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like. He says this all the time, trying to help us understand. And in Matthew 20, he says, the kingdom of God is like, a landowner. Some of you might know this parable. This landowner goes out a number of times during the day to find workers for his vineyard. He goes out early in the morning, 5, 6 a.m. He goes out again at 9 a.m. and he gets more workers and he does so throughout the day. From the beginning to the end of the day, he says, I'll pay you one denarius to come and work in my field. And so those that came in at 6 a.m., They get paid one denarius. And all through the day, 9 a.m., 12 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 5 p.m., he goes out and he finds more workers to come and work in his field. And so it comes to about 6 p.m. in the day. And it's time for the work to stop. And it's time for those who worked to get paid. And it's famous what happens. This landowner gives one denarius to the ones who worked for one hour and gives the same one denarius to those that worked for 12 hours. So what happens? What do you think happens? The ones who he gave one denarius to that worked for 12 hours start to get unhappy. They think, how, how, how dare you? I worked for 12 hours. This guy worked for one. And you're going to give him the same as me. The parable actually says they expected the landowner to give them more. And the landowner actually turns the whole thing around. He says, are you mad at me because I am generous? I told you from the minute you worked out, I'd give you one denarius. So I'm paying you what is right. But I'm actually generous to those who didn't have the opportunity to work as long as you. And I'm giving them the same as what you are getting. But because they got what they got, the ones who worked long expected more. This is the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of this world being contrasted immediately. Then this side, it's those that that want more. I deserve more. I should get more. That one didn't work as hard as me. Look at that one. He's not as good as me. I'm better than that one. I might not be perfect, but I'm better than that one. This is the kingdom of this world, whereas the kingdom of heaven doesn't operate in that way. One denarius. And Jesus says these... These famous words, so the last shall be first and the first will be last. See, this kingdom works on the sweat of your back. The harder you work, the harder you put the effort in, the more you get out. But God's kingdom works with rest and with peace, surrendering everything we have into the hands of the Father that he might bring abundance and grace and favor to us. This kingdom works, the, the earth's kingdom works for self. But God's kingdom works for others. And so my challenge to you is simply this. How can you serve the world around you? How many of you are in a job you don't like, with a boss you don't like? How many of you are at university or at school, and you're studying subjects you don't enjoy, or you're doing something that you don't really want to be doing? And your attitude has become kind of, I don't, really, I don't really like this life. I don't really like where I am. And so you know what? I'm actually just gonna put the minimum effort in. My question is, how can we serve where we are? And it's a challenging question. How can we adopt Jesus' attitude in every aspect of our life? Let me ask you, how can you serve your family? Your family is not there to serve you you are there to serve your family. How can you serve your job? How can you serve your boss? How can you serve your church? How can you make others more important than yourself? It's such a challenging thought, but the reality is God's kingdom works with others at the center, not ourselves. If you want the kingdom of God, You gotta live upside down. If you wanna live in an upside down kingdom, you gotta live an upside down life, which means me second every time. You first every time. I wanna read you a scripture where Jesus models this lifestyle for us, this upside down kingdom that serves first. And it's a famous passage again, you find it in John 13 verse 12 to 7, the context of this is Jesus has noticed and, and realized that he's in his final days before he has to go to the cross. And so these last few things he does are his most important things. He needs to do them and he needs to do them exactly right. And so he chooses on this one night to change his clothing and he changes into a servant's clothing and he goes to wash the feet Of His disciples, a hugely significant thing, a thing that a rabbi or a teacher or a high up person should never do, never disgrace themselves to stoop down to wash someone else's feet. No, they must wash your feet. In fact, when Jesus tries to wash Peter's feet, Peter says, you will never, you will never wash my feet. You can't, you can't wash my feet. I must wash your feet. And Jesus Goes on to calm him down. And in fact, funnily enough, after Jesus tells him the whole thing, he says, then wash my head and wash my arms, wash everything about me. Jesus says, don't worry about that. If your feet are washed, you are clean. He's pointing to the cross. But there's an amazing piece that we need to see here. We're going to read it together. It's found in John 13, verse 12. It says this, when he had finished washing their feet, all the disciples, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Just pause there for a second. He put on who he was. For a moment, he became servant king. After that, he puts back on his clothes and returns to his place as the king of kings. We carry on reading. Jesus says to them, Do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher. You call me Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. In this moment, Jesus is recognizing who he is and he's allowing them to understand that Jesus is not confused. He is not trying to figure out whether he is the king or whether he is the servant. He is not confused as to whether he is strong and powerful or weak and humble. He knows who he is and he is establishing himself as Lord and teacher. Now that you know these things, check this out, you will be blessed if you do them. What is Jesus saying? He's saying that as the king of all kings, he did not come to be served by his disciples, to be puffed up, to go and stand in the synagogues and release his beautiful message. He came to wash the sins of the earth Away. He came to stand in for those who could not stand for themselves. He came to right the injustice within us. He came to find the poor and give them a future. He came to find the sick and to give them an abundance. He came to be made poor so that you and I might be made rich. But Jesus was never confused about who he was. He just knew that as the king of all kings in an upside-down kingdom, that his job was to serve this world. I want you to think every day about how you can serve others, about how you can place people outside of yourself more important than yourself, to show the world, to show this world how God's kingdom operates, to live in that upside-down kingdom, to go to work and to serve everyone with all your heart, to see the, that change people's lives, to show that there's something else out there, to show that this disordered, broken world is not all that there is. Every day I want you to see that, but I want you to see something deeper. You have a purpose in this world. You are made for something. You were made to do something. You were not just placed here to live and die and that's it. You weren't placed here to be mediocre. God made you, he made you for a reason and he empowered you to do something great for his kingdom. But I want you to see something. When Jesus was prepping for his ministry, Satan came to tempt him. And he didn't tempt him in weird, confusing ways. Satan tempted Jesus, to fast track his ministry, track this with me. He says to Jesus, the scriptures say that the angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. So what I'm saying to you is throw yourself off of this high place. They will catch you and you will not be harmed. What was Satan saying at that time? He was saying, if you do this, everyone will see it everyone will know that you are the Messiah. You won't have to do anything else. They will know that you are the Messiah they've been waiting for because this thing will be, it'll be front page news. This guy jumps off of the the, the tallest place and he's totally fine. This is some kind of supernatural thing. He's saying, get to your future and your destiny quicker. But Jesus knew in that moment it wasn't about just people seeing that he was this mystical, magical Messiah. He needed people to know that he wasn't looking for glory. He was there to serve. And so the enemy will do the same to you, whether your future is in business or in ministry or in artistry or or wherever your future is. The enemy will come to you and he will try and get you to give up God's way of doing things, for the world's way of doing things. And in that moment, you'll have to make a choice because the enemy will give you riches and abundance, temporary wealth in this world so that you give up who God made you to be. Let me tell you this. The best way to serve this world is to find your purpose in God. Surrender it to Him every day and let him direct it. No matter how long it takes, no matter where he takes you, no matter what doors that you know are wrong but look so good will open up to you, you let your purpose be found in God. What does Jesus say? At first he takes off his clothes and he changes into a servant's clothes. But when he's done washing feet, he changes back Into his clothes, and he takes his place. When you take your place where God has made you to be, and you do it for his kingdom, and you do it for his glory, and you place people at the center of why you do everything, when you choose to make others the center of when you stand in your place, when you stand tall and strong, and you know exactly what your purpose is, but your purpose is surrendered to God. You become the most powerful agent in God's kingdom to bring light and freedom and hope into every dark place. And that's who God needs you to be. That when you don't shy away from the limelight, when you don't shy away from who God has called you to be, but you give him the space, that's where you find your true purpose in the upside-down kingdom. Church, we're going into a couple of sessions about the the kingdom of God and what it is. Today is the kingdom is upside down. I want you to see in your life that God has a plan to use you to touch this world and change people's lives. God has a plan in this life to use your purpose and your calling to bring light to the darkness. But his kingdom doesn't operate the way the world does. It operates with others at the center. And so right now, we're just going to pray. If you know that in your life, you've been living for yourself. In your job, you've been looking out for yourself. In your family, you've been looking out for yourself. Your relationships, you've been looking out for yourself. In your finances, you've been looking out for yourself. And today, you just want to surrender to Jesus. We're going to do just that. We're going to pray a prayer together that we can choose to do things God's way, the way of beautiful ordered perfection to shun away chaos to turn away from the way this world does stuff to do it God's way let's pray together for a moment Lord Jesus I thank you for every person watching this message today Lord you have such a beautiful plan for us and you haven't made us to be small and ineffectual you have made us to be strong and great and powerful and to take our place in your purpose for us But you have built your kingdom on the principles that others matter, that serving others matters. And so right now, Father, we all take our purpose. We take our finances, our families, our relationships. We take every part of our lives, and we ask that you'll teach us how to be servants of others. You'll teach us how to model the way you lived, Lord Jesus. You'll teach us how to stand strong in our calling, to stand strong in who you've made us to be, but to serve others with our purpose and our call. God, today we want to live in the upside down world that you created, to live the way you made us to live. And so we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we close today, we just want to take a minute to invite anyone who has never made Jesus your Lord and Savior to do just that. We believe that if you pray this prayer from your heart, a simple prayer, that you will become a child of God. You see, to enter into the kingdom of God, you need to become a child of God. And to do that, you just need to simply surrender your heart to Him. And so if that's you today, if you'd love to become a Jesus follower, to start this journey, this relationship with Jesus, then I'm asking you to just pray this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. All my faults, all my failures, and all my victories, I surrender to you. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins, all my wrongdoings. I make you Lord of my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you prayed that prayer, we believe you're a child of God. If you're watching online, there's a button you can press. If you're in one of our um, campuses, then you can talk to one of our welcome team. They will help you and and take you through a a course, a discipleship course to understand what you have just done. But we want to thank you today for making that decision. It's the best decision you could ever make and so church we're going to go into one last song we're going to worship god in this moment we're going to surrender all to him and from there we're going to end the service of. The of the day, we can Choro Fresh waves, fragrance of heaven, for oh, your spirit, I for oh, your spirit, I holy and know and fear the power of your prayer. you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. Church, receive the blessing today. Receive the outpouring of the presence of God in your life. Go and live a life that is there to help others serve the community, to touch other people, to bring life to those around you and to serve God's kingdom with all that we have thank you so much for being with us church, we pray this service blessed you and we look forward to seeing you again for another service at Victory have an amazing week, we love you and we'll see you again soon in Jesus name we pray everybody says Amen